What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Skate Through Life podcast, the show that works the skills and drills you need to master your life one week at a time through personal development, conquering your fears, and of course, falling on your face, then getting back up again. I'm your host, self-mastery coach, amateur roller skater, and outspoken non-binary femme, L. Tommy. Are you ready to roll? Let's lace up and hit the pavement. We are back, back, back again, friends. Woot, woot. (laughs) We have talked a lot on the podcast over these last 12 weeks about our mental environments, how we think, reflect, and communicate with one another. But this week, this week, I want to ground down into something a little more tangible and an easier to master touch point than your whole dang brain and body. Today, we are going to cruise through creating physical environments that not only make us feel comfortable and at home, but also that meet our unique needs and support us into acting in alignment with the type of people we are working to become. If, like me, you get a real boner for creating lovely and functional spaces, then you are going to be in for a treat with this episode. And if you're looking around the chaos that is your home right now and thinking, there is no way I am ever going to be able to make this functional and supportive of who I'm trying to become, then open yourself up to curiosity and the idea that you could become someone who creates aligned spaces and that your spaces could support you too. Get a crush on each other and see where it leads. I will tell you, when I was growing up, I was far from a tidy person. I would describe my room in my parents' home as a more is more maximalism motif. I rarely made my bed unless I got into a mood to rearrange the entire room, which happened from time to time. I often had clothing and objects piled pretty much everywhere. And I absolutely had drawers and drawers of what can only be described as complete and utter mayhem. Truly, it is a wonder I did as well as I did in school, because for someone who could be incredibly particular about my handwriting, coloring inside the lines, and obsessively rehearsing for my vocal lessons, I lived in a life of great disarray. Now, as an adult, I'm recognizing more and more that I very likely have undiagnosed ADHD, like incredibly likely, and that many of the symptoms of this were evident when I was younger. I just didn't yet have an understanding of what they were. With the magic of hindsight, I see a lot of the ways that I have learned to manage my ADHD or my not ADHD, (laughs) lean into a lot of what we are learning benefits neurotypical and neurodivergent people alike. One thing that certainly has proven beneficial for all people is in how we craft our physical environments. I'm someone who's also dealt with bouts of depression, and I understand that when we are coping with certain mental conditions or have severe ADHD or other neurodivergent diagnosis, that we can struggle with maintaining our physical spaces. I acknowledge this completely, and I want you to know that it is okay. What I want to talk about today is around creating a setup for success and working towards making the maintenance of our spaces part of our routine 
so that it's never additional work. You know how to best care for yourself, skater. I am here to offer tools to amplify it and to encourage and support you in remembering that of yourself. I am never here to generate shame or guilt. Take what resonates on the podcast today, try it out in your own lives, and leave the rest behind to try again at another time, or never if that's really more the vibe for you. I can't talk about creating supportive and functional physical environments without talking about habit forming. Habit building is really about creating repeatable associations, whether positive or negative. I wake up, I have my coffee. I have coffee, I have a cigarette. An hour before bed, I unwind with my book. I fall asleep every night in front of the TV. Whatever your associations are, they eventually become habits through repetition. Crafting effective physical spaces works in a similar way because by creating them with intention, our brain will automatically start to associate to what they are for. Take my new office as an example, okay? I'm able to more easily get into a work mindset when I enter this space, not only because I've designed it to support my ability to get work done, but also because when I want to do work, I come into this space specifically. My brain knows that when I sit in this chair, at this desk, in this room, it is to be productive. My subconscious mind records this every time that I engage with work here. This room has a single function for me that comprises many diverse related functions. And so it is now a zone of genius. And by genius, I mean productive and creative thinking. If you're like me, then you love to use a nice hot bath as a space to relax. Repeat having a hot bath to unwind enough and you will literally feel your stress wash away in a sea of bubbles the moment that you dip your first toe in. The ritual of running the bath begins the process of unwinding. You are priming your brain to let go of the stress and tension. This is the quiet power of association skaters. You don't even need to know that it is happening to reap the benefits of it. So let's dive in. Are you ready to rewire your brain through your home? You're about to be. Let's roll out. Before you can make changes to your routines or spaces at home, you must first acknowledge your home. Recognize that where you live is an extension and reflection of Y-O-U. In so many ways, our inner worlds become reflected in our outer ones. When we feel chaotic and disorganized mentally, it almost always will reflect in our living spaces. Things get left wherever we used them last. Dishes and laundry pile up. We can't find that receipt we knew we needed to keep and are sure that we put somewhere for safeguarding. How you feel on the inside will always show on the outside. We leave a physical trail of our inner selves everywhere we go. Like calls to like. Remember that here. Because in the same way that when we're feeling down, our spaces also look to be feeling down. 
when we have environments that are created to uplift us as well, then they will. The first piece of this puzzle is to ask yourself this question, Skater. What are my goals right now? The person you are working to become is who they are because of their own routines and lifestyles, your aspirational routines and lifestyles. So what do they need? What does their day look like? How does their environment support them? If they are someone who wakes up early to have a healthy breakfast and go for a morning run, how can your home support you becoming that version of yourself? It might look like keeping fresh fruits and eggs on hand to ensure you have what you need for your breakfast and always keeping your running shoes by the front door and running clothing laid out the night before on a bench at the end of your bed. Those are all environmental cues to support who you want to be. If you're aspiring to become someone who spends more time centering themselves and practicing mindfulness like I am right now, you might leave a cushion on the floor in your favorite spot in your home as a visual reminder when you see it to sit down and take a minute to balance. You might also set reminders in your phone to go off at certain times of the day to cue you to go sit on that pillow and breathe. These are also physical cues to support your aspirational routines. Engage with any of these things long enough and they will become second nature. Before you know it, you will be, without any fuss, a person who runs in the mornings, eats healthy breakfasts, or meditates three times a day. It isn't about it happening all at once. It is about setting yourself up for the success. Think about your self goals like any other roller skating trick you want to master. You don't start with doing a flip off the ramp. You start with putting on your skates each day. You start with testing the lower part of the ramp and working your way up over time. Outlining your goals for what your perfect day looks like to support your needs, goals, and the person that you're becoming is the first step in shifting your outer world to reflect them. Boom. All right. We got goals, baby. Now what? Now I want to talk about creating zones. Zones are something that interior decorators and designers will talk about with homes. The way that spaces are broken up for different intentions and uses. You might, in your living room, have both a conversation zone and a TV zone, for example, or a play zone and a home gym zone in your basement rec room. Zones can be a whole room, or they can be splits of a single space with their own use or intention. If you're someone who lives in a small space, you might have rotating zones. This was the case for me in my last apartment. My kitchen was for part of the day, a home gym, then an office and a work zone. And then it was of course, a cooking zone. <laughs> it was a kitchen after all. Rotating zones call on more of our energy, but if we keep our timing consistent, they can also become more fluid as time goes on. Just be patient with yourself. For our purposes today, let's look at what our goals are and then ask, what kind of space or how much space do I need for this? Where am I most likely to get this done? And what is available to me? What space do I have to work with? 
Planning will punch um, punch a pack. <laughs> Planning will pack a punch in time, I promise you. Our goals are our what. Our zones are our where. And you and all you are becoming are the who, of course. <laughs> When possible, do your best to follow this rule of one zone for one mindset. If you want your bedroom to be a rest sanctuary, then if you can help it, don't work from your bed. That will begin to create a subconscious association of working when you're in that zone and you won't be able to ease into a restful state as fluidly there. I know this isn't always possible, but the more that you can do this, the more you will prime yourself into specific action when you enter the diverse zones of your home. And it is also always, always okay to break the rules sometimes, okay? <laughs> if you want to work from your couch one day and you consider that part of your living room to be a resting zone, then follow your gut. Go work from your couch. Maybe the work you have to do that day is more restful, okay? <laughs> it's all right. Rules are made to be broken. I do believe that. Okay, so we now know what we want to do. We've decided where it's going to happen based on what space is available to us. Now, how can we make this require less mental energy? How can we make each zone function for us? Determining our how requires us to look at what we want to achieve and where we're going to achieve it and then asking, what do I need this space to have, hold, or do to support me? One of the biggest predictors of this for me is an object organization. Does everything that I need to use have a home that is in the zone where I will achieve the task? Do I know where each item I need lives in my house? Is it where, uh, is where I'm keeping it logical and functional? The items you need most and most often should be easiest to access for you and kept in the zone where they will be used. One thing I really love about organizing is that I will always know where to look for something. And also that when my partner asks me for the 10th time where that thing is, I already know where to send him. <laughs> we don't need to hunt or we shouldn't if it made its way back to its home. And if things have homes, then it's also easier to tidy up because you already know where you have to put something. Consider your objects as sacred and precious extensions of your dreamiest life and treat them as such. I think there is massive inherent value in caring for our objects, even the mundane ones. How many times have you hunted for scissors? Am I right? <laughs> Organize your zones to suit you, and if as you start to move through your days you find yourself always going to the wrong drawer to find something, readapt them. Move them to where you naturally are going to look for them. I am a big fan of drop zones as well. Okay, like where do you always put your keys? Is there a bowl there? Is it close to your door? Does the placement make sense for your needs and your brain? Are you always dropping your coat on a chair when you come in? Maybe you need a coat hook. Start to become a conscious observer of your life and see what emerges for you. Remember that we spend almost half of our days running on autopilot. This is a beautiful way to reconfigure our autopilot settings. 
limit how much work our brains have to do. Remove obstacles between doing the thing and not doing the thing. You got this, friend. Okay, skaters, we have addressed what we want, where we will do it, and how we can best set ourselves up for success there. These are the practicalities. These are the spaces where we can be rational, check things off our lists, and schedule things out. But what they are creating mostly in our environments are visual cues for our minds to absorb and respond to. If we consider really effective routines and shifts in how the world responds back to us, then we need to find space to engage more than just our eyes to reprogram our subconscious minds. We need to consider how we can enhance each of these experiences and routines with our other senses. Because the more of our body that we can capture in our daily rhythms, the more that we can anchor them into ourselves. There is this myth that we can all be categorized into visual learners, auditory learners, or tactile learners, but that is not true. Where humans learn the most effectively is through a combination of all of these learning styles. It isn't just one. The more of our senses we engage, the more we can create memories. Consider this as well with these changes to your environment. How can you engage your ears? Are there types of music that immediately put you in the right mood, that slow you down, that speed you up, that inspire you to create? How can they too be added into your physical environments to enhance them? I myself have become very engaged with sound therapy and using bells, frequency-based music, and other sound cues to support my physical environments. When I need to focus, I will put on music that is beta waves. When I'm going to sleep, I will use delta frequency sounds to support that shift. When I meditate, I like to use singing bowls to stimulate my energy meridians. Start simple with music that makes you feel a certain way and then explore from there. Our brains operate with electric pulses and music is literally a gateway to open them easily. Our brains will sync to the music that it hears. This is exactly why pop music can be engineered to be so dang catchy. It actually works its way into our brains and they sync up and it makes us feel good. It's like a mental massage. How about our other senses? Did you know that scent is your most closely tied sense to memory? How can you bring smells into your spaces in a way that is anchoring and not distracting, especially if you are like me and you are sensitive to perfumes? Smell can couple naturally with taste, right? When you sit down to do work, is part of that routine that you have a cup of tea with you? Is there a certain type of tea? Does the scent stimulate you in a certain way? Do you drink citrus teas when you're doing focus work and rich black teas when you're creating? Aroma can come from a variety of places. Do you keep certain flowers on your desk and different ones on your kitchen table? Is there a hand cream that you only wear when you're doing certain kinds of tasks? A candle that you burn when you're doing reflection work? 
Finding ways to incorporate all of your senses and engage them into your physical spaces will enhance how you anchor into them. And you don't need to do it all at once, skaters. Let things come together over spans of time. Be open to how they might change as you change and grow. What stimulates you now might not be what stimulates you a year from now. It is really important to be able to open to your spaces needing to shift and grow with you. If you set up a zone or a room or a corner of your home to serve you in some way, and then you find it doesn't, say thanks for trying and move it around. Moving your space around shifts the energy as well. That is the basis of feng shui. Trial and error is the way to find the best version of how your environments can function for you. Remember that this podcast, these concepts and ideas are only the starting point. From here on out, you make it your own. All right, all right, all right, friends. We have just about made it to the end of the episode. I know that this has been a dense one. There are a lot of concepts and lessons and ideas here to explore for yourself. And I know I went through them pretty quickly and there's a lot that may have been easy to just overlook where there's so much information. So you might want to listen to this episode a few times to really let things settle in your mind and see which concepts you grasp onto. I want to encourage you to start with one zone, one room, one area, and see how one shift could create other shifts for you. You do not need to optimize your entire home all at once, and that might not be practical for you either. So take things on as you feel capable to do them. You don't learn all of this in one night. I certainly did not zone out my house all in one go. It does take time to figure out where we best can function, where we most like to do certain tasks, the way the light comes into certain rooms and how that affects our energy. There are components. So take your time with it. Think about it as dating your house, you know, like create a relationship with one another and see where it makes the most sense to do whatever it is that you're trying to achieve. The skills drill I want to leave you with this week is to address the why. To get really, really honest with yourself. Look back at your what's from the top of the episode to who you are becoming and what their day looks like. Why do you want that? Go deeper. Act like a heckin' five-year-old. Ask why, and then ask why again, and again, and again. Go six layers deep into why, and see what reveals itself to you. What starts with, I want to live a healthy and active lifestyle, after six times asking why, might end with, because I don't want to feel helpless anymore. Let yourself go all the way there. Because the more layers that you can peel back for yourself, the more you will commit to this work, to becoming the next version of who you can become, to creating those spaces and environments and zones that support them being that person, having that lifestyle. I will be there with you every step along the way. I hope that you took so much away from this episode, skaters. 
Creating intentional physical environments is something that I care a lot about, and I hope I was able to provide you with some new ways of looking at your own spaces and homes. If you loved today's episode or any other before it, it would mean the world to me if you would share it with a friend, leave a review, or share it to one of your social feeds and be sure to tag me. As always, if you're looking for support in your own environmental and routine shifts, reach out to me anytime. I can't wait to hear where you're headed next. Sending big love, and I'll see y'all next week. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for skating with us today, friend. I hope you took away the tips you need to keep rolling on your own self-mastery journey. Be sure to find me over on Instagram at yourcoachl for even more insight and feel free to reach out to me there with any skills or drills you would like to see covered here on the show. You can also visit me at ellentommy.com to learn more about working with me one-on-one. Now go enjoy some rest, marinate on our lessons today, and I'll see you back here next week. Love ya. Love yourself too.